thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the awesome co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, Rockstar? Oh, excellent, EP. Great to be here with you again, once again. Damo, we have got a very special guest with us today. Uh, I am so excited, as no doubt you are as well. We are about to speak with David Wolf the raw food authority of the world on all things aging well. David has a master's degree in nutrition. He has a background in science and mechanical engineering. David is considered one of the world's top authorities on, uh, top authorities on natural health, beauty, nutrition, herbalism, chocolate, organic superfoods, which we all love. Um, David's the author of six best-selling books, including Eating for Beauty, one of my personal favorites, The Sun Food Diet, Success System, and Naked Chocolate, and has also created the Longevity Now program. Uh, you may have also seen David on well-known nutrition documentaries, Food Matters, and Hungry for Change. Joining us from the States today before embarking on a month-long tour of Australia, it's a very warm welcome to the great David Wolf. David, welcome to 100 Not Out. Right on. Thank you guys for having me. Super excited to be on the show. Had a big day yesterday and I'm excited to share what, what happened there and uh, we're going to have some fun when we get down under. I bet you are. We're looking forward to it. There's, there's some big things on there. We'll talk about those a little bit later on, David. Oh, tell us about what you did yesterday. That, that sounds pretty exciting. This was wild. I was, I was just finishing up a retreat out in the Arizona desert. It's a really wild hot springs where we do our retreats. It borders a Native American reservation that's that's almost the size of the state of Connecticut. I mean, it's an enormous, wild area. So we came back from, from the retreat. We, we actually just got out of the retreat, and we were all together, all my friends, all the retreat guests had left, and we wanted to get a, some time in the desert together. So at 4 in the morning on, let's say, not last night, but the night before, we decided we'd get up. And, and head out to the desert. And I, unfortunately, it only slept about three hours, maybe two. And I uh, got up at four in the morning. We spent about eight hours in the desert foraging wild goji berries. <laughs> that was fun. Now tell me, goji berries are tiny. How hard is it to forage for wild goji berries? Oh, I got little pricks in my fingers. I mean, I, it was, it was, I had like the, one, of my, one of my, I think it was my thumb. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. My right thumb was a little bit throbbing last night from being poked by a bunch of uh, thorns but it's pretty hard but very well worth it we ended up making a, a huge drink out of them all we blended them into honey of the local wild honey and some spring water and uh and that's what i drove home on yesterday i drove back to california on and that was about a 10-hour trip so i literally was up for about mm, about 24 hours straight until i got back to california last night it's pretty full-on pretty wow. intense Hey, um, David, I have to ask you, you're talking about goji berries there. You are known uh, pretty much as the superfood king of the world. You have, your nickname is David Avocado Cacao Wolf. So, I mean, <laughs> we already know you're the superfood king of the world. But I have to ask you, I am mildly addicted to raw chocolate or cacao or whatever people want to call it. But tell me, do you think you can have too much cacao? Um, probably not. 
depends on who you are. Well, of course, I mean, you can have too much of anything. But if you can do what Jean Calment did, this is a great That's one nice. for, for anyone listening to look up. Jean Calment, she was the longest lived woman in the Western world, historically, according to official records. She lived to be 122 and 164 days. And you can look her up on Wikipedia. Her last name is C-A-L-M-E-N-T. And she ate a kilo of chocolate per week. Check it out. It's worth looking into. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I'm pretty, I reckon I've got her recipe down, Pat. I'll be on about a kilo a week. <laughs> not, I've been trying to eat a kilo a week. I can't do it. That woman was, was incredible. I don't believe and, you. Uh, You'd be on about two kilos a week, I reckon. But are we talking chocolate oh, or cacao? What are we talking? Chocolate or cacao here? What's, what's this? Did she eat a kilo of chocolate or a kilo of cacao? Well, she was eating like Baker's chocolate, you know, which is like that unsweetened, you know, very powerful stone ground chocolate from her era sure. back, you know, back at the turn of the last century. Yeah. Which is, you know, basically it's stone ground cacao. Well, that's good. That makes sense. That makes sense. Not like, you know, a kilo worth of some kind of dairy milk chocolate or something that's, you know, milky. That that would be more more in uh, more intelligent for me. That sounds fantastic. Now, you know what's interesting about that 120 mark? A lot of people talk about... Um, people living to 120 and maximizing their human genetic potential. But there's not many around that are actually doing it, David. So what, what do you reckon people are doing wrong that's stopping them from reaching their genetic potential? Oh, man, pretty much everything. Drinking <laughs> toxic water, oh. um, eat, just eat the food, really bad nutrition, fried food, greasy food, not enough plants, not even close to enough plants. Not eating organic. I mean, organic's always been how food was done. It's this chemical food came in like 100 years ago, and it's just been a complete nightmare. It's like 77,000 chemicals we've introduced into the environment since 1940. So that's, you know, that's another aspect of it. Um, another thing is the stress. You know, the stress is so insane and so pointless as well. And that's a factor in, in this whole thing on aging. And then another thing is all the plastics and fake estrogens in our environment that can have a very strong effect on our aging, actually, because as we age, we want to make sure as a man, you want to make sure you keep your testosterone. As a woman, you want to keep your progesterone. That's it. And if, if the estrogen is counterbalancing to testosterone or, or can actually counteract testosterone, and uh, no man wants that. And people, then this comes up, and people are like, well, isn't testosterone associated with, like, prostate cancer or, you know, isn't, isn't progesterone associated with breast cancer? The answer is no. no. Those things are anti-cancer, That's very it. powerful anti-cancer. And when a man has the most testosterone, it, you're the healthiest. That's when you're 18, 19, 25 years old. Robust. It's when you're wearing your jocks on the outside of your pants. That's right. You're flying around like Superman. It's, uh, you know, you, you, having heaps of testosterone is a great thing for a bloke. But I think the other thing there is the healthy conversion of testosterone to, to the protective type. And the same for estrogen in women. Um, you know, the moving estrogen and shunting it down pathways that are healthy for you is, is very, very good. And you, and you do that, I believe, in eating a better, a better diet, you know, exercising, keeping stress less and, uh, and, and, and just focusing on the things that you can alter and change in your environment. So I love that, that, uh, that people are doing all those sorts of things that could be affecting their health and well-being. But how do they undo it? How do they get back? Do they need to go and be raw? Can they, can they have to be 100% raw? Can they bring some component of raw into their diet and move down a rawer style of life? Well, first of all, that, you guys got some sophisticated knowledge there. I, when The way that you said like keeping the right kind of testosterone, keep, keeping it going down a right and correct pathway – 
Okay, so I'm glad we can talk at that level because I'm going to bring it to a more sophisticated level now. Oh, um, just to interrupt you, David, Damien here is one of the world's greatest chiropractors and naturopaths, so he has got it oh. down. Oh, that's, I'm sorry, that. Okay, that explains <laughs> uh, He's a world beater. Um, yeah, it, it, raw food can be re- is a really important part of anybody's diet because it's what's natural, it's what's here, it's what's original. You know, spend, you spend all this time growing your tomatoes or growing your lettuce or whatever it is. You don't want to cook the stuff. It's like, geez, look at all that work. Um, let's just eat it as <laughs> nature presents it. Good, I like that. And, and, like and you're that. right that the protective chemicals in these foods are more are, are going to be more effective at helping us hold the testosterone in. This is true, for example, olive oils like that. Yeah. Really good quality olive oil is a natural aromatase inhibitor. Yeah. It will hold the testosterone in, down the right pathways and keep you young. And by the way, Jean Calma, if you look at her story again, you're going to see not only was she on chocolate, she was also on olive oil. She was also on the high phenolic port wine, the resveratrol. And you're going to see that those, those commonalities are very important anti-aging discoveries. So, David, can I ask you there, because I get a little bit concerned when we talk about, you know, some people get so fixated on, a, say, a resveratrol or, or they, they just try and live on a, on a noni juice. But I'm very big on the fact that the recipe of health and aging well, there's many ingredients in the recipe of aging well. Let's just touch on resveratrol. Do you think that people can take a supplement, a resveratrol supplement, and actually age well due to that? Or do you think, you know, based on what you're saying with the port wine and the rest, that they really need to have it in a more whole food form? Because many people are trying to find a shortcut. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, there never is really a shortcut, right? Anything worth having is worth working for. For every disciplined effort, there's a multiple reward. Mm-hmm. So but when it comes to resveratrol, I have some very good connections in the resveratrol scientific world. Here's what's been found out. The high phenolic wines, you know, the old way that used to be done the old world, like the Greek and Romans, and still like shows up in our world today as port wine, those are high phenolic, high resveratrol wines. Those have anti-aging qualities for sure, but the main reason why they do is because the resveratrol is being delivered by alcohol, which is a solvent, and gets it in. Because if you just take a supplement of resveratrol, very little of it actually gets to your cells because the life of resveratrol, once it's in your body, is three hours. Gee, gee, that's a big one. I didn't know that. It's a big discovery, actually, and it's, a, and it's, it's kind of covered up. I mean, in the natural foods world, people really don't know. In the scientific world, people do know. And so it, it needs to actually be a really bioavailable resveratrol, of which I don't really I don't really know of anything better than a high phenolic wine. I'm not a wine drinker or alcohol drinker, but it's because the alcohol is a solvent that's gonna drive it. Now you're getting on to this idea of like, okay, which if you're gonna, you know, is there a shortcut? And really there really is no shortcut, but I will say this about resveratrol. Resveratrol is a very powerful anti-inflammatory and cuts off the inflammatory cascade very, very early in its development. And animal research is clear that if, you, if you're able to give enough resveratrol to mammals, that they will, even if you feed them junk food, they don't develop the extreme diseases as, for example, you know, a group that gets no resveratrol or no similar type of compounds in their diet. So... so- Sorry, go Damo. No, I, was, I know that I said you go next, but the, it just raised a point there. So when we feed these animals resveratrol, it kind of counters a whole lot of stuff, but obviously we're not feeding animals alcohol. So it's still got some kind of a role. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically what you want to do is you want to target 
Um, grapes, grape juice, mm-hmm. berries like blueberries and their juices. Acai is a very good source of resveratrol. Yeah. Um, Saskatoon berries are a very good source of resveratrol. Because you have a worldwide audience, I can throw these all out there. Because yeah. somebody's going to be able to find some of these somewhere. I'll look at um, yeah, it. It's basically like if you take a powdered dry supplement of resveratrol, I'm not going to vouch for that really working. If you took a juice of blueberries... That, that will work. Yeah. Okay, so so the, the message is, and people need to hear this loud and clear, as David was saying earlier, it's not wise to cheat on this. You have to go down the whole food path because you're not going to have the bioavailability of the actual product that you think that you're buying if you try and take a shortcut. Then there's going to be the people, though, David, that say, but all these things are high in sugar, and we're living in this anti-sugar world. Where do you stand? I mean, where do you stand on, on the role of sugar in health today, especially for people as they're aging? But, I mean, you see six-year-olds that are aging like they're 36-year-olds. So where do you stand with, with sugar in the role of health these days? Well, we, we definitely don't have the same type of um, ability to deal with sugars as we did like several hundred years ago because there wasn't as many. We, our sugar metabolism wasn't blown out. We, we didn't deal with this high-carbohydrate diet. So, for example, 200 years ago, somebody living on a farm, honey is great and it's a very powerful anti-aging food. But today, because we just bombarded our body with soda pop from day one, it, our sugar metabolism may not be able to deal with those kinds of compounds, even natural sugars like honey or fruit juices. And I'm not a big fan of sudden, somebody suddenly saying, oh, I'm on a health kick. I'm just going to suddenly start drinking this high, high sugar you know, fruit smoothie or something that I'm getting at the local juice bar because it can, it can spike their blood sugar, which can collapse their immune system for four to six to eight hours. It can cause all kinds of derivative problems if somebody stays with it. For example, it can accelerate aging. It can accelerate browning reactions so you get more wrinkles. And Basically, I'm not a big fan of high-sugar diet for most people. Yeah. Although, if, if you have a metabolism like I do, like I can handle honey. I love it. I, I can live on it. Um, you know, then, it, then it works. But then again, I didn't really, as a kid, grow up on candy. I didn't really have a lot of starchy carbohydrates in my diet, so I'm kind of lucky. Yeah. David, um, there's a lot of people talking about um, all kinds of sugar alternatives. Um, I know that you're, um, you, you tend to like a bit of agave syrup. And there's other people out there that are saying, you know, go for stevia and erythritol. And, the, you know, they're going to the extreme end of, you know, processing, getting erythritol and putting it into your body. And you're using agave. Can we, are we moving too far away from just natural raw uh, rapadura sugar, just ground down sugar cane juice? So are, we, are we mixing it up a little bit too much or do you think that agave is actually a good thing to do? Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of agave unless it's a high inulin natural agave, but it's definitely not raw. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do raw yeah. agave, you have to actually core out the middle of the plant after 10 years, you know, once it starts putting out its stock, its yep. reproductive stock, and you core it out and you can fill that up with with a real agave liquid, which in ancient Mexico was called pulque, because you know they would take that liquid and you transport it to Mexico City, for example, and it would ferment along the way and be slightly alcoholic, you know, kind of like a kombucha or something. Yeah. And um, that was one of the major beverages consumed in Mexico City. But that that has nothing to do with this super sweet uh, agave that's being sold, which you know I'm not a fan of. Um, right. I, okay. The agave industry is a very very questionable industry, by the way. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, there's some very reputable brands or, you know, brands that personally I know that I would trust right now until probably about 30 seconds ago that um, here that I actually I actually love agave, but I now have to question. I would have agave with cacao every day, um, but I actually probably need to question whether it's actually um, rock solid or not. Because yeah, like you well, say… One thing you- 
just just as a, for everybody listening, so you can tell, a real naturally processed agave, which by the way is never going to be raw, mm. is going to actually be clear to slightly yellowish in color, and upon taste will be distantly sweet because it's high inulin, but will no way have any real strong sweet notes in it. If it has real strong sweet notes in it, it's been caramelized by heat or even crazier could actually have high fructose corn syrup added to it, which as crazy as that sounds actually does go on. That actually does happen. And they get away with that. They don't have to put that in the label. That's, 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 that's yeah, right. Because we're dealing, okay, let me, let's just go right to the point here. We're dealing with agave, which is tequila. We're and the people who run the, the agave industries are, they're basically, um, tequila mafias and they're in no way, shape or form interested in organic or whatever. They're interested in selling you a product, but if it has an organic label on it, if it has, if they say it's not been heated or it's raw, I would still seriously question that. Um, and th- this is coming from somebody who, you know, I grew up in Mexico in Southern California. I, I, I used to cross the border three times a week and you'd see the, 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 the warning or the, the, um, wanted, right. The wanted signs of the top 20 guys in Mexico, right. The top 20 gangsters and half of them were tequila family mafia guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a quick one then light or dark agave light is what you're saying. Light is what I'm saying. That's light right. All the way. It's okay. Light. Yes. All right. I've got to ask you about travel. I remember being at a Tony Robbins event and watching a video of you one year talking about uh, whilst you travel, you sometimes would be partial to traveling with an onion. (laughs) But now I'm thinking that with the uh, greater availability of superfoods and and natural foods being a bit easier to travel with, have you ditched the onion idea and travel with a bit more, um, uh, can I say, deliciously raw foods? And what do you think think of people that have excuses around travel? Um, I, I think I paid the ultimate price in, uh, in with onions and garlic. Um, <laughs> lost lost several girlfriends from that, so I, I, I'm not really interested in in traveling with onions and garlic anymore. And they're widely available anyway, so no real need for it. But it's so much easier to travel with superfoods. And the idea of superfoods is really cool. It's like, look, we can take a superfood like maca from the Andes, crush it to a powder, and and bring it across many many borders dried or extracted or concentrated, get a super high amount of energy out of it, get a high amount of nutrition out of it, and not have to trans- transport all that water weight. You know, whenever somebody's distributing any kind of food, whether it's meat or dairy or eggs or uh, whether it's a banana or uh, apple, you're, you're distributing a lot of water weight. So the idea here is that, yeah, I like the local concept. Like eat local, that's a great idea, but I wouldn't eat off the streets of Sydney. You know, you don't want to eat what's coming out of the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So... It's a nice idea to supplement what you can get locally with superfoods that can be brought to you relatively inexpensively as compared to any other food um, that are highly nutritious and that fortify you against the types of stresses and the types of environmental toxins that we're facing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's sensible. It's very sensible information. Now, we've been doing this uh, this podcast for a little bit of time now, David, and, and one of the things that we've found is that food seems to not be the consistent thing through people who are successfully aging. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about engagement. We're talking about exercise. These three things seem to be the one thing that each of the people who are successfully aging seem to do well. Now, obviously, we we all believe that food has a role to play in the way in which you live your life, and the outcome during your life. But if we go back to exercise, we think that exercise is important. Do you think exercise is important? What sort of exercise would you do? 
Great question. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of explosive types of exercise. From experience, it's taught me that, and this is the old static contraction idea, that basically if you want to get androgenic, if you want to build testosterone and anti-aging testosterone and anti-aging progesterone, depending on if you're a man or a woman, you need to do quick twitch fiber explosive types of exercises. Um, now, I had for many years done yoga done it all in that world and and a friend of mine just basically took me aside and he said no you need to like train with me now we need to like change this up so i started training with him about two and a half years ago in more explosive types of exercises what we call five minute workouts where you do as many burpees as you can in five minutes as fast as you can and he's right on your ass going like faster faster you're getting too much in a rhythm go faster faster when you you exercise like that even in five minutes you can get that that static contraction, that more um, androgenic metabolism that you can feel like immediately. I mean, you feel immediate changes in your body. This is like the difference between, for example, say going to like yoga classes and sprinting. Mm-hmm. Sprinting is going to get you your ass in shape real fast. How, how um, is the shape of your ass right now? Is it... Uh... <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I have to ask my girlfriend here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask my wife for a bit of feedback. So uh, I might get into that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Um, David, I just like, we're nearly run out of time, but uh, a lot of people would just like to know, you know, we've spoken about a lot of different topics here, but if people were going to say, David, just give me a summary. What do I need to do in order to age well? In, either, in order to put more quality into my quantity of life, tell me what to do, David. What do you want to summarize with? Okay, I'd say this. Eat organic, eat fresh fruits and vegetables. Do very quick workouts that are very, very intense um, with high, high velocity, high speed, quick twitch fiber kind of exercises. Sprinting is a good example of that. I'd recommend looking cl- more closely at resveratrol and resveratrol type of compounds. Um, and I'd look into the telomere research and see if there's a way you can approach those things naturally and herbally. For example, when it comes to the telomere research, I take a huge amount of astragalus into my diet. It's one of the herbs I work with. And I also take a certain astragalus extracts because they have that telomere-inducing effect, meaning they can actually make you um, genetically uh, less prone to damage to your DNA. That's what the telomere research is. I recommend drinking a lot of water. And also, this is an important one too – Having some of the right salt in your diet, do the salt switch. Switch off the table salt and get onto the right kind of salt. I like sea salt. Or Himalayan rock salt. That's beautiful. Yeah, and so you want to just go for a pure salt. Obviously, this table salt idea was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, which causes hypertension and, and uh, you know hypertension and heart problems. So we don't want to do that. Let's let's go to the real deal and do the salt switch, and that that's very helpful. And I think salt is the best natural source of minerals. You know, in terms of a mineral supplement, anti aging um, research has indicated you need more trace minerals in your diet, and salt's a great source of that as long as it's natural. I love that, David. Now, there's a lot of people out there saying you've got to be paleo. If you're not killing kangaroos on the street, you're not eating them while they're still kicking around, then you're not doing the right thing. You know, that's the extreme thing. And there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, you've, you don't worry about the whole life. And then I noticed that you're a raw vegan, right? But you're not telling us all that we've got to be raw vegan. You, you seem to come at it with a very um, easy to implement approach to, to eating well. Do you, do you believe we need to head more towards raw vegan, or can we implement raw food as part of a carnivorous diet as well? Well, I think it's it's real. What I here's what I've learned. 
being on the road for 20 years and, and dealing with vegans for 20 years. Yeah. Um, there's, there's any diet you pick, I don't care what it is, you, there's going to be an amazing side to it. There's going to be a terrible side to it. Um, you know, with, when it comes to veganism, it's a great idea. It's a beautiful ideal. Um, you know, don't kill animals. And, you know, that's personally how I want to live. But it, when you start imposing your will on other people and saying that's best for everybody or that's the only way, that's kind of the dark side of veganism, which is the fanaticism and the fundamentalism. So my feeling is, from my research, 80% raw plant or 80% raw vegan diet is really good strategy for a, the largest section of the population. And it's a great place to work your way towards. That last 20% of your diet, you need to really work that out. You need to figure out what, what's necessary, what's not, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel weak, what makes you lethargic, what makes you strong, and you, you fit that in. There's also another category here which is very important, which is well-chosen superfoods and supplements, which to me is like an insurance policy. So no matter what that diet is, which I'd recommend it's 80% raw vegan, there's another thing that's important, which is let's look at superfoods and, and well-chosen supplements a little bit more closely. For example, I was just in Edmonton in Calgary in Canada. They have a serious problem with vitamin D3 there. Everybody has vitamin D3 problems. Yeah. Um, it leads to MS. It's, you know, multiple sclerosis. Different countries have different names for this. It can lead to other derivative immunological problems and even um, neurological problems like a seasonal um, affective disorder, which is depression. Yeah. And uh, so vitamin D3 would be part of that. What's that? Osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is another one, absolutely, and rickets. especially rickets and kids. Yeah. And, so, and then there's a third category that's interesting as well, which is your immunological nutrition, your immunological or herbal strategy or herbal strategy, depending on what your country you're in. And, um, and, that's, and we need to look at all three of those, no matter what we're doing right now. Like anybody listening right now, you need to really start thinking about, okay, you know, I don't take herbs. and Maybe I should. Maybe I could have a different destiny and outcome for my life if I was to start investigating some of the great top five herbs in the world because you don't need all of them. You just need the top ones. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I did about a dozen years ago, and it transformed my life. And so I'm a huge advocate of that. In fact, you know, I've become a, a, an herbalist. That's been a big part of my life now. Well, um, David, we could uh, chat for many hours, but I know you've got a hectic schedule, which includes coming out to Australia um, in the middle of May. I just want to let people know, David's going to be here for the best part of a month, a month except for two days. He's going to be in Sydney, he's going to be in Brisbane, going to be in Byron, going to be in Melbourne. He's got a raw cacao dance dance party in Melbourne. Got a great weekend uh, event in Sydney. He's in Adelaide, Samudra, Perth, and then he's in uh, Darwin on a Kakadu retreat oh, for five days. I want to do that. Which would just be sensational. And I checked it out last night. Very well priced, may I add. So if you would like to see uh, more of David Wolf, and let's be honest, who wouldn't, go to uh, DavidWolfAustralianTour.com. That's Wolf with an E, DavidWolfAustralianTour.com. All the dates, tickets um, can be accessed there. David, I really want to thank you so much for giving us uh, so much of your wonderful insights and 100 Not Out. Thank you so much, and we wish you well in everything that you do in inspiring the world to age well and live well. Right on. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep spreading the good word and make sure you make every day the best day ever. 
Well, Damo, what a great note to finish up on. Yeah, that's, that's all we it. have time for on 100 Not Out. Remember, guys, if uh, you'd like, we'd love to hear your feedback, so you can provide it in any number of ways. But the best is to go to our website, www.thewellnesscouch.com slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. But until next week, continue to, to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill from That Paleo Show here. Would you like to dedicate 10 hours to yourself to get your nutrition, your exercise, and your mindset all on track? Would you like to do it with the wellness guys, the Up For A Chat girls, and over 500 other wellness enthusiasts? Then you have to join us Saturday, August the 17th at Crown Melbourne for our next wellness summit. We'd love to see you there. For great group discounts and to secure your spot, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com.